Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord. And uh, in our hearts, Lord, we want to say, please lead us on by your spirit. Lead us to Jesus' feet. We pray this morning you'd open our hearts to see Jesus, perhaps for some in, for the very first time, for others in a deeper way. Refresh our hearts, we pray this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're starting a new series as it's uh, Advent and we're looking at Luke, in Luke's Gospel at some of the songs of Christmas. Um, and uh, I was walking through the city centre uh, just this last week and it reminded me that Christmas was on its way. What made me realise that? Well, I think it was the music that was playing everywhere. Have you noticed how the music in the shops has changed? It's become all Christmassy. Bing Crosby is singing of, well, he's still dreaming of a white Christmas. Dream on, we say. And Noddy Holder still shouting at us and wishing us a happy Christmas. They say you, that you know when Christmas season has arrived because they just change the music in the shops. And when it's all over, we go back to what it was the rest of the year. But actually, you know, I don't mind Christmas music because Christmas and music go together, don't they? It's always been the case, right? From the very first Christmas, there's been music alongside the shepherds and the angels and the wise men. Christmas is a time of joy and the Christmas story is alive with music. So if people don't get anything else about Christmas, I'm happy at least if they recognise that it's a time of joy, a time of celebration. And our reading this morning is all about joy. And we're going to look at um, how in three ways in this account, leading up to the birth of Christ, it overflows with joy. And so as we enter the season of Lent this morning, and as we are preparing ourselves to receive once again a message of joy, let's think uh, of three things this morning in the passage. I suggest to you there's a leap of joy, there's a song of joy, and there's a message of joy. So first of all, a leap of joy. Verse 39 to 40. Two expectant mums meet together for coffee in Costa. They chat about their appointments with the midwife. They swap stories, they share experiences, and they recommend the best deals in town. At least I think that's what they do, because I don't really know what mums do when they get together. Probably mind about the husbands, but there you go. Friendship, I know that friendships can be formed during those, those, those times when, when mums are, uh, are expecting perhaps their first or second child because there's something about being a mum that draws you to other mums who are going through the same experience as you. And in our passage this morning, we read of two expectant mothers meeting one another. A familiar, familiar story at face value of two mums talking about their hopes and fears for the future. But this very ordinary event is actually not quite what it seems. Because both of them are expecting a child, but neither had anticipated 
that they would be in this position. The older one, Elizabeth, had almost given up hope that one day she would have a baby. But against all odds, she finds herself expecting a child. And the other mum certainly wasn't expecting to be pregnant. Mary had only just got engaged and was now expecting her first child. But both of them have got a story to tell. Elizabeth is still not clear about all the details because her husband has lost his voice. Her husband, as you know, the story, he was a priest and he worked in the temple in Jerusalem. And um, it fell on him that particular year to go into the temple to burn the incense. So he'd gone into the temple and he had had a vision of an angel. He kept making signs to try and explain what had happened, but she didn't really fully understand all that had gone on. Anyway, shortly after his return, she was flabbergasted to find out that she was pregnant. Whereas her husband, Zachariah, Zachariah, wasn't surprised at all. Mary's story was equally intriguing. She'd been visited by an angel who told her that she was to have a child. She was told that she would have a baby boy. She even knew his name and all sorts of promises about who he'd become. And after the angel left, Mary had hurried to go and see her cousin, Elizabeth. We read she travels from the north in Nazareth down to the southern hill country of Judea. It's a journey of about a hundred miles, a journey that will probably take her three or four days by foot. And we read in verse 40, she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. We can imagine Mary walking into the courtyard of the house and shouting out a greeting to Elizabeth. We don't know where Elizabeth was, but we do know that she heard Elizabeth um, before she saw her. She heard Mary before she saw her. Because we read that something extraordinary happened in verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Before Elizabeth had even seen her unexpected visitor, before she'd even had the chance to send a greeting back to Mary, something miraculous happened. The unborn child in her uterus leaped with joy. Now, I don't think this this isn't a stirring that sometimes mums experience. It's not even an elbow sticking out of the tummy. No, it's a leap of joy. I don't know what it means for an unborn baby to leap for joy, but I know that children like to jump when they're excited. In fact, lambs do. In fact, this is for Michelle, kittens do as well. And even dolphins. There is something about dancing and jumping that expresses great joy that when we're grown up and sensible, we stop doing. I would imagine that once Zachariah got his voice back, he would tell Elizabeth that this is exactly what the angel told him would happen. Look in verse 15 of what the angel had said. He says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. John the Baptist, who was to be the forerunner of Christ, as an unborn child meets Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he dances for joy in his mother's womb. Now we need to remember that this account was recorded for us by Dr. Luke. He's a medical man. He's a careful researcher. He's not prone to exaggeration or sensationalism. He just gives us the facts from his sober assessment of the evidence. But he can't hide the fact that right at the beginning of the Christmas story, there's joy. 
at the moment Mary arrives carrying that small embryo of the incarnate God inside her, he dances for joy. The angel who appeared to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, had also said these words in verse 16. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And the first one who he brings to the realisation of who this child was is his mother, Elizabeth. Because as he jumps for joy, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit's task to point people to Jesus. And this is what happens in our next section as we see that Elizabeth breaks into a song of joy. We've considered how um, songs and Christmas go together. And later in Luke, we'll, in fact, next week, we'll have Mary's song. And then we'll have Zechariah's song and the angel's song when Jesus is born, and finally, Simeon's song. But it seems for some reason that often Elizabeth's song gets overlooked. But Elizabeth has a Christmas song as well, and it deserves as much airplay as any of the others. Let's look in verse 42. In a loud voice she explained, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. We heard that beautiful song earlier in the service called Mary Did You Know? And the song asked the question, how much did Mary know about her son Jesus? How much did she really know? Did she know that he would walk on water? Did she know that the son that she delivered would soon deliver her? We could pose the same question for Elizabeth. How much did she really know about Mary's child? But what we do know about Elizabeth is that both she and her husband were well-respected people. In verse 6 of this chapter, it says, Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Like many others of their day, they searched the scriptures, soaked themselves in the Psalms and the prophets, which spoke about how God would send a Messiah to rescue his people. That one day God would fulfill his promise to their father Abraham, and that all nations would be blessed through the people of Israel. And as Mary walks into the home that day of Elizabeth, sorry, as Mary walks into her home that day, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, who enables her to recognise that God's time has come. Elizabeth says, but why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth understood that the Lord was there in her home and as her own child leaps inside her womb, sharing in the, in the recognition that the Saviour had come. Mary had not, hadn't had time to explain all that had happened to Elizabeth, but she didn't need to because it was revealed to Elizabeth by the Holy Spirit. I wonder how you first came to faith in Christ. For some people, it's meeting another Christian that's key for them and seeing there's something different about their lives. It's as if they recognise that there's something spiritual that they can't quite put their finger on and they begin that journey of discovery to find who Jesus really is. And of all the things that Elizabeth could have sung about, it's remarkable that she sings this song. 
She could have made it all about her, about how God has been good to her. She could have described her years of waiting for a child, the scorn that she'd experienced from a conservative society, how her doubts and fears had left her empty and longing. But no, her song is all about Jesus. Her joy in having a son late in life has been overtaken by the arrival of a much greater son. And of course, this is a mark of a person of true faith. Their concerns are not just about themselves, they are taken up with God's plans. It's not all about how God has blessed them, their song is about Jesus. Which leads us to our final section, a message of joy. What is the message of joy which causes John the Baptist to leap in the womb and causes Elizabeth to break into song? Well, you'll have noticed how the word blessed is used a number of times in these verses. And we read there are two reasons why Mary is blessed. Let's look at the first one in verse 42. In verse 42, it says, um, Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed are you among women. Blessed are you among women. Mary has been chosen by God for this special task, to be the mother of Jesus. What an awesome privilege that was for Mary. That's why Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women. But notice there's not a hint of jealousy or resentment from Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the older woman, and what's surprising is that she puts herself in the servant role, giving honour to her guest Mary. Culturally, it should have been the other way around. And sometimes it's hard when we see God using other people in a way that he's not using us especially if we think those other people are undeserving of that honour. But like Elizabeth, we have to accept what God has called us to do and what God has called them to do. But Elizabeth also recognises another way in which God has blessed Mary. Look in verse 45. It says, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Notice how the you has changed to a she. I think what Luke is emphasising here is that this blessing of God isn't just for a few chosen people, but it's for everyone. By saying she rather than you, the possibility for others to be blessed is opened up. Others who believe what God says will be accomplished, they will receive a blessing too. Elizabeth had also recognised that Mary was carrying Baby Jesus. She says in verse 40, 43, Why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Have you noticed that she refers to the yet unborn Christ as Lord? That it's the same word that's been used all throughout the first chapter for God. Look in verse 28, where the angel says to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Elizabeth knew the Lord as Yahweh. And uh, she was saying that Jesus is God. This is remarkable. And now we see why Elizabeth's song needs to be sung, why it needs to be heard, because it challenges us too. What do we know about Jesus? What do we believe about Jesus? Do we know that he is more than just a man, more than just a prophet? more than just a good teacher, that he is actually the Lord, he is God. 
Elizabeth has found joy in her recognition that this baby was the one that was promised. Of course, she has another joy. She's expecting a child herself. But she's recognised that her greatest joy is in knowing Jesus. And it's very easy for us, for our children, our careers, our desire for health, our, or beauty, or success, or our career, to become the most important thing in our lives. And all of these things are good things. They're gifts uh, from God to us. But it's so easy for, our, for us to worship the gifts rather than the giver. True joy comes when we recognise that all these good gifts come from our Father. When we realise that in themselves they cannot meet our deepest longing for forgiveness, for peace, for joy, for purpose in our lives. Those, those yearnings that we all have are only met when we seek them in the giver of the gifts. So finally, we began by thinking about two women <clears throat> getting together to talk about their pregnancies and how in this very ordinary event, God was doing something extraordinary. And God continues to take the ordinary events of our lives and pull them into his big story. Elizabeth recognizes that Mary's pregnancy is no ordinary event. As her baby leaps inside her, she understands who this baby really is. Why am I so favored, she says, that the mother of my Lord has come to me. What about us? Have we seen who this baby really is? None other than God's son? Have we discovered the joy of that realization? Or have our hearts become distracted by the other gifts that God gives us? As we move through this season of Advent, of preparation, of longing, let's recognize who this baby really is. And let's join with those words, come, let us adore him. Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you <clears throat> this morning for reminding us of the message of joy that the birth of Christ brings. And as we enter this period of Advent, a period of longing and waiting, prepare our hearts, stir us up again by your Spirit to receive that message of joy and help us to share that message with others. And for those this morning that come with heavy hearts, that find it difficult to imagine that they can feel any peace or joy today, help them to know that your peace and your joy comes to us in the midst of darkness. Light of the world, Shine in our hearts today, we pray. Amen. Amen.